played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. All right, thank you for joining the ESBC Sports Betting NFL Podcast, which I always say the purpose of the podcast is to make me personally money. And I say that because the reason like doing the podcast is because the person with the best information wins, okay? So by being honest and by being clear, transparent, right? And by being authentic, you draw the smart people who will give you information that you can monetize. This is actionable information. It's not an entertainment podcast, right? Uh, some person tried to classify us outside of sports. Then he said it was a financial podcast because I do have an MBA. I have you know securities licenses, clients net worth twenty million and above. So when you're dealing with people's life savings, you have to have a philosophy, a philosophy, a methodology, a process for the correct decision making, which I was drawn to. Because whenever I had, my mom was a brilliant businesswoman, very, very intelligent. My dad, very intelligent. But in early adulthood, or even in high school, when I had a problem, I would ask my mom or dad, how would you go about making this decision? And they're like, oh, why don't you pray on it? <laughs> Hope and prayer sometimes is not a strategy. And God helps those who help themselves, <laughs> right? So I read that book back there, Decision Science, by uh, Peter... Thiel, right? He's the one that invested in PayPal, Facebook, and as buddies with Elon Musk, Tesla. Uh, decision science, how they make decisions for corporations, right? There's a science, a process behind it, right? So every single business meeting has to have a purpose in and out. Fortunate doing my own businesses, successful restaurant, but I was in a corporate world for a little bit. In every single meeting I had in a corporate world, or even with nonprofits, if I'm volunteering, have been completely useless. They had the wrong process. You have to have a purpose and you have to have a consistent outcome. Oh, we're gonna do action steps. Okay, who's gonna track the action steps? And what's the outcome of the strategy? Is it scalable? Is it repeatable? Right? Highest and best use of your time. So the podcast is that, right? It is actionable information. That listening to the sound of our podcast or NFL podcast, you can take information while you're listening to the podcast and act upon it and put money in your pocket, right? It's like, lower middle class to upper middle class. And when you go through that process, you have to make money, right? To avoid being divorced, <laughs> moving into an apartment in the ghetto, whatever, you have to make money, right? You can't just, especially if you have kids or own businesses, 80% of your time has to be in profit generating activity. So the outcome is 
specific outcome, repeatable and scalable, that we give you the nuts and bolts of it, we give you the philosophy, the methods, the whys, right? Is that the last three years in this podcast, we have an ROI, like Wall Street bets. When you hear AMC, Wall Street bets, oh, wow, they made uh, 1,500%. That's what you make compound interest by listening and using the processes of the podcast. Some people take it to the next level. Some experienced betting people listen to the podcast two or three times. Now I'm learning to do that because I noticed things I missed the first time through. Then I look at it again. Oh, I missed that. Oh, Chad said this. Scott said that. Boom, boom, boom. And I had it. Right? So I'm listening to it twice. And I learned stuff. And then people give you information. So what is that? It's called collaboration. That the communists are now saying, right? The communism is better than capitalism. The Chinese, their culture and system is better than us. And one of the main underlying philosophies that the Chinese are saying that communism is better than us, capitalism, even Bernie Sanders says he's a socialist Democrat. Elizabeth Warren still says she's a capitalist. We're all on the same team. Trump says he's a capitalist. Is that in capitalism, that people cannot work together. It's always going to be competing. So in sports betting, through my whole life and doing it, that has never been the, 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 never been the thing. Sports bettors, even though they're in competition against each other, they share information so freely. It's totally opposite of other businesses and other betting, right? And sports betting has the highest percentage of winning than any uh, casino game. Even though most sports bettors are at 20%, which is the same for craps, the same thing for poker. We've been fortunate, lucky, and good that we had seasons where we've been over 70%. Over 70% college basketball, college football. This year, we are at, last week we were 22-14, 61%. So building the back row, last 13 years, getting a piece of here, a piece piece of that, putting it together and matching it with the same process I picked stocks or investments, using that same process for sports betting. Because you can't just get out of your head during the weekend. You have to use the same process. Using fundamental analysis, we've hit better than the best hedge fund managers, which is 59%. That's what David Tepper is. He was a hedge fund manager. Now he owns a family firm. He's the owner of the Jaguars. He retired with $3 billion. He was at 59%. So us, last week, at 61% investing in games, right? Because remember, percentages is not an actual dollar. He sold technical analysis and got $25 billion. He's a brilliant salesman. But us middle-class people have to pay bills. We're at 61%. And believe me, even though sports betting is complicated and finance complicated, it's two or more things. Even though sports betting is com- it's not as complicated as doing complicated derivatives in the stock market. And the shenanigans that go on in the stock market are a little less than what goes on in sports betting and with the NFL or college basketball or college football. 
Now, another, so we're using business and financial concepts to invest in this game, investing in our time, which is money. And at the same time, we have a mental health component, right? To keep us sane and have the highest best use of our time. So part of the business process and philosophy is what Rene Descartes said, that a life left unexamined is not worth living. So whatever you track and you measure, you improve its performance by 10 to 20%. That's why Bill Belichick hires a pseudo coaching staff. <laughs> and what their job is, is to scheme against the Patriots. And he makes adjustments based off that. And the man's won seven Super Bowl. Uh, South Carolina, Shane Beamer, daddy coach of Virginia Tech. They upset Florida. Totally different team that scored 40 points. It's because he had his dad and some old coaches do the self-scouting. He gave him a report. You know, it's a totally different team. They improved their performance on offense up to 20%. We do the same thing with sports betting. The Hawthorne effect. We have a link to the Hawthorne effect. The studies done, the scientific part of it, in the episode. Other part of the business, something Roger Goodell messed up with. He's paying a high price, but he doesn't care. He makes $89 million a year. But just because he makes $89 million a year, year, dollars a year does not mean that every decision make, that he makes is on point. If you're the toughest, smartest person in the room, or even if you're smart and tough, smarter and tougher than everybody else, you need a different perspective. Right, companies that make forty percent freer uh, free cash flow using diversity. The diversity that works in business is not just hiring somebody because they're gay or black or have a disability. Right, it's hiring them because they have a different, fresh business perspective than what you have, and giving them a voice doesn't have to be any cool voice. A voice. Let them talk. <laughs> you ever been in a meeting? Oh, let them talk. They will so so talk, right? Don't prohibit people outside your family, right? Or outside your race, whatever. Talk. Let them talk. Because the people with the best information wins. So about two guys who are tougher and smarter than I am. And we have great diversity on this podcast. They're like, oh, you're three guys. We have more diversity than, you know, three women of different races. We got more diversity. We got Scott Cove from the Northeast, New England country. And we have from Southern California, a guy who's half our age, right? And runs twice as fast as we do. <laughs> from the West Coast. And uh, uh, Scott and I have to exercise every day. This guy's actually a professional athlete. <laughs> he had brings a different perspective, right? I still got to exercise every day. Yeah, but you're on a whole new level. <laughs> I dram once that, that I ran a 4-4. <laughs> Didn't actually do it. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, what do you guys think? What are your first thoughts as we confront our feelings, right? Because it's humiliating to get a loss. You're losing money, right? You feel stupid. His father knows best. Guys, are we supposed to have hobbies? 
We're the head of the family. We're the captain of the ship. So when you're wrong, there's a lot of bad feelings you have to confront, but you have to confront them because 80% of the people in jail are people who cannot confront their feelings, internalize them, and then blow up. So what do you guys think, man, as we go through this torture? We're torturing ourselves so we don't get tortured by others. We're tortured by extra lifetime Christmas movies with a wife. I mean, you have to do it because if you don't do it as, as a better or any other walk of life, right. you're never going to learn from, from your mistakes in the past and you're just going to relive um, the mistakes you make. So this is great. This, this Hawthorne Effect podcast is great. I think it, uh, it gets you starting to think about, okay, I picked this the, this week. Why did I do it? And how can it be better and, or change next week? So. Yeah, because every week you're different, every week is there. Yep. You got to no track the information. And another part of it is, do we give out so much information on podcasts? I don't even think it's healthy for somebody to listen to any other information. Because we're giving you a lot. And people that have our percentages are living high on the hill. And they're not, it's, what do they call it, trade secrets? They are not sharing the information, believe me. But anyway, we do it because we did grow up middle class. Right, and money is in the end all. You never seen uh, a funeral procession with a big truck in it, <laughs> right? So there's more things than money, you know, like happiness. Uh, Chad, what are your first thoughts? Yeah, man, it's never fun going over all the ones you got wrong. You know, I'm a little frustrated. I just feel like you know I was super close to you know having a seventy percent week. Um, you know, two or three games slipping the right way. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is uh, completely necessary for us to maximize, um, you know, our percentages every week. So I, uh, this is the most beneficial podcast. This is where you learn the most, uh, the most humbling. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's fun to hear, um, you know, what your guys thoughts and, and, and really check my own thinking and um, kind of gets, you know, this gets, gets the juices flowing for tomorrow's podcast where we make the picks for next week, you know, and, um, so I feel like this is the first step to, to get in the best picks for next week. No, big time. When I talk about that we're all gaslighted and lied to, it doesn't matter what government, communism, or capitalism. You're my own parents, right? Santa Claus. They lied about Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny. You know what I mean? Limited information. Like uh, the judge in the trial of Wisconsin. Whatever you think about it, Either side, you watch Fox, because I watch both. I watch Fox and CNN. You get whiplash, right? <laughs> they're, like, they're looking at the same thing, looking at opposite. But they're both, and that's why it's good to study both positions. They're not giving you complete information. And something that I wanted to do in the podcast is, you know, even though I have all these degrees and all this experience, by giving people everything, smart people give you feedback one way or the other. And then you add, because remember, the person with the best information wins. So you add to it. The judge in the trial, rightly or wrongly, right, they said, oh, this is what CNN said, right? Looking at it from the liberal view. The judge had the defense expert, had everybody give him a standard ovation because he's a veteran. And, you know, people on Fox were saying, oh, he's a veteran. Give him a standing ovation. And then on uh, CNN, they were like, Oh, he's manipulating the jury. They didn't finish it, right? Is 
whatever you confirm, you don't want to go against yourself. So he's manipulating the jury, confirming a defense witness. All CNN had to do was finish out that sentence. We're all busy. You need to know specifically what you're thinking and what is going on. Fox needs to do that too. If they want to report the news, they have to say, hey, I'm happy he's manipulating the jury, F the jury, F jury nullification, F the black people on the jury, blah, blah, blah. Be honest. I'm glad he's manipulating the jury and his manipulation because he's, had, he's using confirmation theory. And I say that because you hear from Pete Carroll this week. <laughs> he's doing the same stuff. So we use language because we don't care either way. I'm glad that uh, a liberal person sent me uh, a message and they're like, I like the podcast. You're smart. You get complete information. But can you lay off Bernie Sanders and Alyssa Warren a little bit? You know, lay it off. <laughs> and I got the next message afterwards from a conservative guy. He's like, you know, I like your podcast. You're a smart guy. I gave you a five-star rating, but can you lay off Trump and the GOP? <laughs> I've lived with Liz Warren most of my adult life, so I, I can attest. I agree with you. So, Yeah, because there's limits, right? Yeah. 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 We agree on helping people out, but if you just got here from Guatemala, do you deserve free health care, free college, and a pass on the first two or three crimes you do? No, you know, most <laughs> liberals would agree on that, right? There's a, there's, there has to be guardrails and limits on each side, the right and the left. You can't just riot the Capitol and act crazy, you know, and not think anything is going to happen. <laughs> right? Both sides can be out of control sometimes, but it leaks into the NFL because Roger Goodell is given $10 million to the Republican Party. So what happens? You overcompensate. You say Roger does crazy liberal politics. No, he's trying to hide what he's really doing. He's creating a mess. <laughs> but it's fine. We we hey. we anticipate and make money off of it. So I got this is this is from the Webster. This is some dictionary. This is the definition of liberal. <laughs> this isn't. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just reading it out of the dictionary. <laughs> Willing. Willing to respect or accept behavior or opinions different from one's own. Open to new ideas. Number two, relating to or denoting a political and social philosophy that promotes individual rights, civil liberties, democracy, and free enterprise. Yeah. Interesting. Open. Democracy <laughs> and free enterprise. Right? It's just, it's crazy to read that definition, accepting it. Re willing to respect or accept behavior or opinions different from one's own. Right. And where where is that's the, the number one definition of liberal. Right. If you don't agree with them with them right now, it's get, get, go shoot yourself in the head if you don't agree with me. It's crazy. That's the number one definition of it, and it's we're so far from that. Yep. It's yep. it's almost common. It's almost a parallel universe. Right. Of reality. Right. Well, the problem is, you know. Because I think Scott can correct me before we get into the Ravens game. Uh, I think, Chad, too, you guys can correct me, right, if I have the wrong impression. But we're, for the most part, neutral guys, just, you know, trying to be cool. And what gets us is, is when you make an honest mistake or just you grew up a certain way, 
you don't mean any harm by it, but people go ballistic, right? Yeah. Like the one intern that I was overpaying, and I accidentally said the word Christmas, and she's Jewish, and she went into a fit, you know, got kind of, you know, I did. I have a lot of hardcore Jewish friends, Hasidic Jews, Jews who, I mean, who go crazy if you don't agree with, you know, wrong that made it happen, you know, both sides. And if I accidentally flip and say the word Christmas, they don't go ballistic. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? That's the problem, I think, in my opinion, is yeah, overdoing anything. As I said to you before, you start talking to them and then you're like, hold on. You say it to yourself, hold on, because you got to think about who you're saying it to and what you're saying. So right. that's the whole thing. So, But for sports betting, what you do is we uh, anticipate the harm that could come from that. Right? And predict the results and the outcome of that. <laughs> it, it, it's amazing when you look at that perspective, how much money, because everything we say on this podcast is about money, right? So it's amazing how much money you can make off that. And we see it right now, first half of the season, 95% of people can't change. Every NFL season is different. But Bill Belichick and Andy Reid have not changed it. They're looking for other people to do mistakes. That's why New England have three pick sixes that have been games go over. They've seen a flaw and want to take advantage of it. Same thing for Andy Reid. Guess what? Andy Reid's in first place. Right. And Andy Reid's always in first place. And he's in first place again. So you can't argue with him. The fact that he's very conservative and just waits for other people to do mistakes and only has the legit game plan against division opponents. Oh, wow. Kansas City looked different against the Raiders. Yeah, it was a division game. He's done that his whole life. And as little as I try to watch things, I needed to put that in my thinking, right? Because whatever information you put in your brain uh, tries to create a bias. So I'm not making a value statement on what your biases or my biases might mean, but I am making a statement that you need to know what they are. <laughs> Biases are survival skills. That's all. You know, I have a bias against a lion in the wilderness. <laughs> I need to run from it or get in a tree because that lion will eat me. So you have to, you know, and nuances are important. We talked before the podcast, knowing the difference between an obsession and an addiction and between a healthy obsession and unhealthy exception. I don't tell you anything about your life, but you have to have that awareness, right? So we'll go to the first game. First, second half pick, I got right. Uh, to know and not to do is not to know. So I did not follow my own advice, right? And, you know, what it is, because there's a 20% luck factor, 52.5 is break even, and compound interest will be made the first half of the season. Every week of profit compounds to the other week of profit. It's higher money. But known mistakes. I had some guru try to sell me, hey, man, uh, I can work with you, and we can work on your blind spots. And I'm like, yeah. Once 
I'm a hundred percent. I'm doing right of all the things I know that I should be doing right. So you don't come get you to look at my blind spots because you have to, you have to control your controllables and you have to listen and act upon on your own advice. And I do act upon my own advice, but I'm, I'm at the bottom of the scale. You go from contemplation to action phase to consistently doing it and then consistently doing it under pressure. That's when you know something. I'm in the action stage, right? And I need to get to consistency stage on things. Raven's on the road on a Thursday night, minus seven. Now you probably verbalized this in another podcast. Harbaugh does not cover spreads. He's good as a dog, but doesn't cover spreads, right? Lamar Jackson does not know how to read defenses. You're like, how do you know that? Well, I saw him on Thursday night. He was confused. And then he tried to run. And you can only do that so many times. Uh, the defensive coordinator from the Belichick tree came up with really was uh, the, 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 they always beat young quarterbacks. And they just did the same thing. They disguised coverages. You didn't know where the blitz was coming from. And when Lamar Jackson gets confused and doesn't uh, know where the blitz is coming from, what did he do? He goes to the tight end over the middle. Boom. They knew that. And they shut that down. So they shut their whole offenses down, uh, game plan down. And then again, we're noticing this. Uh, Harbaugh, Super Bowl winner. Tomlin, Bill Cheat, all the Super Bowl winners are playing super vanilla first half of the season with an extra game and feasting other people's mistakes. Miami did the same thing. They didn't make any mistakes. They did nothing. <laughs> was, who was the quarterback? Brissett in the first half and then two in the second half. Uh, simple game plans. They didn't do nothing. They just let uh, Lamar Jackson beat himself. 100% predictable. But I still made money on that game. I had the under 46. Because of the same reasons I said he wasn't going to cover the spread. The reason went under 46. And then that second half line with the teams getting tired, they're not covering second half lines in Florida. And they haven't covered the whole year second half line in Florida, in college. I don't know what's going on with the training programs in college, but zero. Uh, what are your thoughts, Scott, on that game? Yeah, we all got the Ravens minus seven wrong. So what we do is either bad pick or bad luck because the highest level of probability is 80%. There's no such thing as a stone cold lock. It's only the right way to say is there's a probability of 80% that that most likely is going to happen. So you have bad pick based on what information we can control, what we know, or what we think we know, what we process, pattern recognition, and 20% luck factor. So, Scott, was that luck factor or bad pick? My mind is bad pick because you even said it. Harbaugh is a favorite, does not cover, does not play, uh, does not, you know, win the game. Um, you know, Miami just basically took Lamar Jackson's weakness and controlled it for the whole 60 minutes, which is you put pressure on them. 
Right. He's very skittish, throws the ball away, leans on Mark Andrews a little too much. And then they, at times, they took Andrews away. So um, in my mind, it was a bad pick only because of the fact that um, Baltimore has not been in this game script very often, and they got in the game script. And you should have known Flores coach in Miami is exactly what he was going to do with Lamar. He was right. going to bring pressure. He learned from the Belichick system. Right. You know, take away this this the team's strength, which was Lamar Jackson. And that's exactly what he did by putting pressure on him and making him throw and be skittish in the pocket. Um, and could not, Lamar doesn't read the, read the uh, coverage very well. Right. He needs to get the ball out quick. If he doesn't get it out quick, he's in trouble. And that happened Thursday night. And so to me, it's a bad pick because we had mentioned on the podcast that Adbaugh does not, uh, cover favorite as a favorite very often. So, and uh, the reason running quarterback beat Billy Cheat and Satan, right? Because they don't their defense does not account for the quarterback, and they don't think their account the quarterback can beat them. So, Lamar Jackson being African American, right? So, they used to say African American quarterbacks that you can get African Americans to become quarterbacks because they're dumb. And won't be able to read defense. I think that's put extra pressure on Lamar Jackson. He's a 4.0 student. He's a bright guy. But I think he's putting too much pressure on himself to A, it's something he acknowledged that he never should acknowledge public. He acknowledged that he's a thrower, not a passer. So he acknowledged that he's a thrower and not a passer and that he needs to, you know, read defenses, right? He never should have said any of that in public. He's putting too much pressure on himself to do that. When you're in a amygdala brain, right? That's why the decision-making process is very important for poor people and middle class people. Because when you have the pressure, you have a mortgage, you have this and that, your decision-making ability doesn't have a competitive advantage versus somebody who doesn't have to worry about anything. They just have to worry about the job, this and that. So he's putting too much things in his head, things he can't control. He had nothing to do with society, and nothing to do with African-American people, but he's just Lamar Jackson. That's it. <laughs> so he's putting too much pressure on himself to do that. There's a reason why he's won one playoff game in his career. Right. Because he puts too much pressure on himself to exceed what he's supposed to do in the game. And, right. you know, Importantly, he's not a comeback quarterback. He, if, if they get down by 10 points, he's not the type of quarterback that usually is going to come back and win the game. So. Right. And it, it looked like Miami went back to some of those playoff games he got stumped in. I mean, the game plan was very similar in, um, in the zone they were Belichick playing. Did beat him once? Yeah, I got to look at that. But I think Belichick has been Lamar Jackson. Might have been Florida the defense, the fake defensive coordinator. Because, you know, Belichick runs the defense. Yeah, but for me, this is a bad pick. Three things jump out to me that should have been considered way more. You guys have already touched on, on, mo- on two of them, I think. But we had – you know, we got the, the the home dog on Monday night we always talk about. But Sunday night and Thursday night, is those all three. The Thursday night game, the Sunday night, and the Monday night are the primetime games. Home dogs need to be looked at heavy right. in those games. Because right. um, you're you know, in front of the people who pay 100 in Miami, they're paying, what, $250,000 for those suites? You can't lose yeah. every time in front of them. So, if you look at the Thursday, Friday, the Sunday night, and the Monday night game, you had three home dogs. They went two out of – Two and one, right. um, profitable on the home dog. So that's the first thing. You got a home dog on uh, Thursday night football in a primetime game, number one. Number two, which you guys have touched on, 
Harbaugh as a favorite is just, um, you know, something you, you want to look at going the other way. He's great as a dog. As a favorite, he doesn't cover. That's number two. Number three, we talked about this in the Cowboys game. Vegas opened up that line at seven and a half, right? right? That's telling us something. That's Vegas is telling us with that seven and a half that they think Miami is going to cover this line. Right. Um, which is what we did with the Dallas game, right? Opened up at minus nine under the key number of 10. We said, you know what? Vegas is telling us to take Dallas here. Right. Um, I think we didn't look at that enough. And I think those three factors, the home dog on Thursday night, Harbaugh as a seven and a half point favorite, and Vegas opening up that number at seven and a half. I think right. are all three things that I can check my thinking on that I did not process um, all the way through there. And, the, and then Harbaugh thing is something betters don't look at. They don't look at Harbaugh as, as a favorite. Right. They never do because there's not there's not stats there to back it up. They just look at, oh, it's the Ravens against the Dolphins. We're picking the Ravens because the Ravens yeah. are a better team. You know, seven and three or six and three against a one and eight team. So we're going to yeah. pick the Ravens. The public's just looking at their record, betting the favorite. Yeah. Right. Well, this is the other thing too, right? Uh, Anna. She's a psychotherapist. She, when she gets a case, she only reads the medical part. She's, she's a regional director. Some people that work with her will only have her therapy for their kids. But she will only look at the physical mental. She will not look what another therapist says. She doesn't want to have, she said, any information you put in your head will bias your thinking one way or another, right? And it's the way humans survive. So you're surviving one way, you might survive another. So if you're watching ESPN and it's telling you what a great coach Harbaugh is, they're not lying. He is a great coach. He won a Super Bowl. His dad is a great coach. His brother's a great coach, Right. Has nothing situation. That's why I say situational intelligence in business is very important. What might work for you that one time might never work for you again, but you need it to advance your career and make money. <laughs> that one time, and you got to know when to flip the script. That one time. So situational analysis. That's why sports betting is great for business thinking. Situational analysis. Right. Yes, Harbaugh's a great trip, but look where we are. We're in the midseason. He's in the hunt for everything. Even if he loses this game, he's in the hunt to win the division, in the hunt to be in the – you know, what the coaches say, hey, all of our goals are still in play, right? So you got to look, look at those factors when you're, when you're betting on sports and you look at the number and you're like, oh, man, you're criticizing ESPN. No, I love ESPN. That's why I don't listen to them, and I got people who do listen to them because – you're watching ESPN, and they're telling you what a great coach Harbaugh is, and people are bending that line, inflating it, right? You, what, you're, what you're doing is taking advantage of a market inefficiency. You're doing what Wall Street bets is doing, but a lot easier, right? Wall Street said they're shorting a stock because it's overhyped. You're doing the same thing. Uh, I was thinking about it. At that point, you kind of cease handicapping, handicapping, and you're just using common sense <laughs> at that point, right? But you have to check your thinking, all right? 
So those are the Ravens, right? And that's the way why we we're so phenomenal in the podcast has uh, all 17 weeks last year. This year you're at a week. How many weeks has it been so far? 10? Yeah, week 10 just finished. 10 and 0 every single week props. And each week is not only are we compounding money, we're compounding knowledge, right? To get better. And sometimes I was telling a, a young kid, they're like, oh, can you be my mentor? And I was, I don't know if you want me as your mentor because, you know, I grew up in a different era and I'm going to be very hard on you. Mm-hmm. But part of the lesson was that the answers change. What was right yesterday might not be right today. All right. So that's why this doing this is so important. All right. Next game we're gonna go. We covered. We're gonna cover now. Is uh, double-digit dogs in the division went one and one this week. Uh, the previous years, I have been 90% betting the for the double-digit dog in the division. And the only times I was wrong was Bill Belichick and Andy Reid, right? Two Super Bowl winning coaches who covered a double-digit dog. I should have factored that in. I should have listened to Scott. Scott was right, and I was wrong. McDermott has a Super Bowl winning team talent-wise. And he comes from the Andy Reid tree. And he learned so well that he has his own coaching job. So that And return to the mean. After a bad loss in Jacksonville, and really uh, B-ball got dominated by uh, Coach Meyer. And... Coach Meyer being smart. So you're the smartest, toughest person in the room. You are in the wrong room. So he had consultants, I think uh, Dan Pease. We got in a personality conflict with Harbaugh. It wasn't performance. Harbaugh thinks he's a tyrant getting mad at the man. And now he's uh, in Jacksonville consulting. Also, the defense coordinator for Jacksonville has been in the NFL for 30 years. But he knows what he's doing, and he has a consultant on top. They know what they're doing. And Meyer overviews, has an overview. He dominated D-ball. The D-ball had to come back. The Robert Sly, <laughs> Robert Sly, he, he's only had one year as a coordinator. It's almost like the Jets hired him to fail. Because he's supposed to be a rah-rah motivational guy. And he, his team was not motivated in London. The only motivation they've gotten is from Mike White. So... This game, I was right. I changed my way of thinking. 95% of people can't change. I changed. I would have normally gone under. I went over, and that saved me, right? And I also bet the second half line bills. <laughs> two, that's two in a row, second half line, because the Jets are cheap. That's why they got an inexperienced head coach. Who's not even experienced as a coordinator. He only had one year as a coordinator, and that was with uh, Shanahan, who's was a control freak. And John Lynch, who designs the defense, he just did. He's a puppet. He did what John Lynch told him to do. So now he's being exposed 
right? Because now he's like, oh, I'm the head coach. Let me call the plays. Let me design the defense. And what has it been? A complete disaster, right? And D-Ball dominated him and put points on the board. Uh, so bad pick on my part. What do you think, guys? So I'll give you three. I'll give you three things that I, I think led me to pick what I picked. Division game, terrible loss, and the Patriots are on the Bills' uh, tails for right. the division. And Buffalo right. doesn't want to get into a wild card scenario. Right. So they're going to they're gonna put everything out there to win games because the Patriots and the Bills are playing in a couple of weeks, and that's for the division, you know, you you get the Patriots as division leaders, and and it's tough, you know. So, I think right. the three factors I think led me to go Buffalo's way, um, because as you saw, the Jets, the Jets are the Jets. They just give give up points to wide receivers, and you know they give up big plays all over the place, and they did it this this week last week against Buffalo. So. Right. Um, you know, he didn't, he didn't adjust. He didn't adjust. He didn't look at what Jacksonville did, I don't think, and said, let's put a little of that into what, you know. Because they right. wide, wide receivers. I watched a lot of that game. They were just running all over the place. Right. And you, at Jacksonville, they were not running all over the place. So it's, it's clearly evident that he did not put any of the Jacksonville game plan into what he was doing against Buffalo. And that led me also to pick Buffalo, too. So, What do you think, Chad? <laughs> Yeah, I just, I mean, hearing what you guys are saying is giving me a lot of, a lot of insight. I, I think I completely, here, I just overvalued a double-digit dog in the division, and I just kind of was on the Mike White bandwagon, I think, here. Um, but here, what you guys are saying, I mean, a return to the mean game for the Bills, you know, the, the Pats are close on their heels, um, you know, uh, Salah, corporate governance of the Jets, that, like, we've right. it showed it. Has exactly. showed its face before. I mean, not last week, but the week before. I mean, the Jets got absolutely just embarrassed. I think it was against the Patriots, maybe. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that that's just something that you know we've been looking. I mean, yeah, I, it, it, and that's another division game with the Patriots. So I, I mean, I, I think you're seeing a, a theme here with 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 Robert Salah, the, the head coach of the Jets, here that in these division games with these superior uh coaches and, and right. teams he's not competing at all he hasn't been close in the last two tries so um lastly that line open at buffalo minus 13 i think vegas is telling you right there that you know they they think the bills are, are going to cover right. that because they would have set it up higher and that's two games now where the number baltimore seven and a half and uh, <laughs> you know, went the other way, and then you know the Bills at thirteen, and we went the other way with the, with the Jets plus the thirteen. I think, um, I think at this point of the season, this late, I really, really think we need to consider where that line's opening because Vegas is telling us something. Right. It's giving us a very big hint to something with where that line's opening. So right. that's all I got there. Right, and. Uh... John Beeson is a good podcast. I make sure it's prominent on the website. He's a guy who's helped me a lot in business. In the name of the podcast, can I get a witness? Sometimes you got to stop prognosticating the game and witness things. And then again, perfect example why analytics does not work. Using it blindly. All right. Yes, double-digit dogs in the division cover 80% of the time. But you almost bet in blind. 
You don't. You see, you had other factors that we use in sports betting. The chat brilliantly outlined it. Return to the mean, corporate governance. This game was won in summertime. There's a reason why uh, Bill Belichick, as great of a coach he is, has neglected his children and divorced, right? He doesn't have a good relationship with most of his kids because all he's doing is football. In the summertime, he's game planning against his division appointment. He's not going out to dinner and doing normal things people do. Uh, Chip Kelly, never married, right? Uh, Andy Reid, one kid committed suicide. The other one killed people on the way to the Super Bowl. <laughs> He's the worst when rugs did. And it's bad for their family, but it's good for us. Yeah. Because when Scott talked about Lamar Jackson not winning in the playoffs, I'm pretty sure and now he's on the podcast. I know he's sure, right? I will not let him bet for Lamar Jackson in the playoffs because not only do we know the information, we acted upon it, put money in our pockets, and paid bills with it. <laughs> to know and not to do is not to know. So did you act upon it, and did you make money, right, from a business standpoint? So double-digit dogs in the division, right? You do not bet blindly. You almost do. Uh, the Patriots under 46. I did get Patriots money line, and I did get 1.5. Those who live in the past die in the past. Contrary to what Guerrero was saying and what Brady saying, uh, Belichick does evolve. He defended himself on that. They must have pinched a nerve because Belichick says they do evolve. What's he talking about? And Belichick never says anything unless he's getting paid for it. He's getting paid over a million dollars to go on that Boston radio show. <laughs> on that show, he, he does talk a little bit. Not much, but a little bit more than he, he gets a reporter for free. Right? So, uh, they, they've seen a mistake people are making against the zone, and they're getting pick sixes. The other part of it is, uh, he's trusting McDaniels and Zach Jones is number one pick a little bit more, and it's opening up the offense. Right? So that's the adjustment. I have to make this a controllable. So again, bad pick. So as well as I did, 61%, those are two, three bad picks I made with information I know about. And that's inexcusable, right? Uh, People's life savings, you do that, you get fired. And not only do you get fired, you get thrown in jail. <laughs> so you can't do that. So I, I can't have bad thinking sports betting because it'll bleed, it'll bias my other business. So I say back pick on my part. What do you think, Scott and Chad? So I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say, uh, well, I'm going to say a little of both, only because we had said on the podcast last week, Belichick's playing Cleveland. Was Belichick his head coaching staff? Cleveland. Right. But when he has a chance to put a 45 to 7 game up on the board against him, he's going to take full advantage of it. Um, well, thinking that, about it, you know, thinking about it, um, the way he thinks and the way Andy Reid thinks and Trip Kelly thinks, I mean, Gruden it too. Remember, Tim Mark and Arena Football, uh, my family used to clean his house as a kid. Then he hired me later on to be a designated driver at Fanside Tampa. And he used to go out drinking. With John Gruden, you know, John Gruden didn't drink when he was out. He would have a water or stuff. 
uh, and he would he would ha- have an offense, and he would bring offenses guys in to teach him offense, right? So this is what these guys do in their spare time for fun. So during the summer, maybe Belichick's giving him an excuse of a team to study. So those teams like, oh, let me study Cleveland because I got screwed by other people there. But let me do this instead of hanging out with my kids or my wife or my girlfriend. Let me study right. Cleveland. <laughs> right. Right. So uh, the thing I think is, is that we had Cleveland pegged right, uh, right in terms of Baker Mayfield was going to struggle with the passing game. And he did. He only threw for 70-something yards, got injured, left the game in the third quarter. I didn't realize how bad the Cleveland defense would play on Sunday. Right. And they played really, really bad. Um, they couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop Mac Jones in key situations. Um, and that that was the bad luck because Cleveland's defense is a little bit better than they showed. Um, their offense is just horrible right now. It's just horrible. Cleveland's offense. And that and they're that's missing, they're missing their two starting tackles. Yep. Then against uh and because Belgi has worked, he's a he is the president journal manager and coach of the team. Mm-hmm. So he, the problem with that is that usually, even though Billy Chief's worked on it with Josh McDaniels and his dad, he's friends with Josh McDaniels' dad, yep. are going to be one-sided, right? All the free agents go to the defense. They had to talk to him in, in, in the, the, the left guard from Georgia. They had to talk him into that pick because he yeah. wanted a defensive guy. Yeah, yeah. Had to fight, put on the gloves, and hit each other because they were that heated. It, come on, you need the running game, Bill. You know, but to his credit, he did it in the second round. First round, he got a defensive guy because Bill Belichick had to win every yard. Second round, he got a guard, right? Yep. So against an elite Bill Belichick defense, you have to be elite yourself. So you can't be missing two, two guard tackles and go against the Patriots. Right, and I think as Chad has said in this in this pod as, previously, you have to really start looking at the Patriots and, and the over unders now. If the right. over unders low forties, I think you you got to go over on it. Right, I think their offense is is right now at a place where they can run the ball and Mac Jones can pass the ball with effectiveness, where he wasn't doing that earlier in the year. So. I think the Patriots are, are trending in a direction where they're going to start scoring in the 20s consistently now. Right. Uh, even against good defensive teams, I think they're just going to start scoring now. And, and that's that's a credit to what McDaniels has done with Mac Jones. So. Right. And Bill Sheet doesn't have patience, right? But that offense, and uh, Satan in a, in a news conference did say something exciting for a change. But it's because he wanted, you know, for his recruiting. They're like, oh, you have a different offensive coordinator a year. It's like the overall philosophy of the offense, the offense is the same. Mm-hmm. Coordinator learns the offense. And maybe if I agree with it late in the season against Auburn, it's showing something different. I might agree with a suggestion, even though they're paying him a million dollars a year. And it's O'Brien, a former head coach, right? Brian Deball was the offensive candidate for who? Nick Satan. It's the same offense. McDaniels is going to run Belichick's best friend's offense, which is probably Belichick has some in it, right? They all collaborate over years. So uh, Matt Jones has a head start. 
Yeah. And Matt Jones get he's a do as you're told guy. He's a smart enough guy to execute what he's told during the week with the weakness of the other team's defense. So, you know, they're babying him. He doesn't necessarily have to read defenses like Lamar Jackson, but he knows what the game plan is, and he has a head start on what McDaniels is putting in his head, right? And we're saying that why? Because we're investing good money into it. We're making money betting on these games and making in-season judgments. We're still, we sell scout every week, <laughs> not at midseason. <laughs> right? Yeah, but for me, this one's like half luck, half um, just bad thinking. I, right. I mean, yeah, like the grudge for Belichick on the Browns, I think, played a huge role in that last drive of the game. I think if they get the ball back with five minutes left to go up, you know, right. uh, 38 to 7, and it's not the Browns, I – they, they may have a little more conservative approach there and, and run the ball and maybe, you know, get three first downs right. and, and run that clock out. Um, they had a, you know, the, I, I believe Jacoby Myers scored on that last possession. Yes, he did. So they were trying to get Jacoby Myers that, that touchdown. I believe he scored with about, you know, three and a half, four minutes left in that ball game um, to make it go over. You know, I think, you know, we, we knew the Browns were going to struggle offensively. We got that right. Um, I don't think we, you know, anticipated the Pats putting up that much. Um, but I do think it's a turning point in the season for the Pats offense. And I do think that uh, that grudge, you know, against the um, the Browns that Belichick has played a huge role in that last touchdown to go over. So I really think it was a split. That game, you know, that game could have gone under on that last drive if they got a stop there, 38-7. to um, You know, and then I, I think at this point of the season – Mac Jones is the best rookie quarterback. Um, he uh, um, he was the fifth to go off the board, but hands down, everybody else missed. Trevor Lawrence was hyped at Clemson. He's been hyped for two years. He won the Heisman, all that hype first-round pick. He's a good player. Uh, I don't think he's just an accurate of a passer or as cerebral right now as Mac. You know, and then, um, you know, Zach Wilson athletically jumped off the page athletically. Freak athlete, can run well, big, strong. Wow, wow. You know, compared to Mac in a combine setting, it's night and day. Um, you know, then you got the two African-American guys in uh, Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Right. Uh, which I'm very surprised they went over Mac Jones. You know, I really, really, really thought that uh, Shanahan was going to get Mac Jones. I, You know, my dad was saying this the whole season. My dad's man, Mac Jones is the best guy. I can't believe these guys pass on Mac for Fields and Lance and uh, and Wilson and Lawrence. I can't believe all four, all four of these teams missed. And I really think that you're seeing it right now. He is the most ready. He's the most accurate passer, and he's the most cerebral. Um, you know, playing for Saban, he's he's the most ready for an NFL system. And I think we're gonna. Well, he ran an NFL system in exactly uh, in college. So I think we're seeing that progression from him now. He's like halfway through an NFL season where he's got that under his belt. And I really think the next half of the season, we're going to see him excel even more because I believe he was the most ready at the draft. And now I believe he's even that much farther along than all the other guys progression wise, eight games and nine games into a season. So something to look, look, uh, look into moving forward with uh, these Patriots. What, what is scary with this Patriots situation is this is 2001 all over again, all over again. Brady didn't have to do a ton and they got to the Super Bowl and won it. Mac and they had a good defense. Mac Jones doesn't have to do a ton, and they win games, and their defense is pretty good. So, right. you know, when you're betting, you know, have that in the back of your mind that, you know, 
they may it may not look pretty, but this is a Belichick type of team. This is exactly what he wants right now. And well, this is uh, I forgot his, his dad's name. I'll make sure. So this is dad's defense. They say when you get old, you default like Rosebud that movie works well. This is his dad won a game with the quarterback not losing the game, just making important throws and winning it with defense, running game, and special teams. Yeah, and I'm not saying and, and I'm not saying he's gonna be a Tom Brady because nobody nobody can be that. But what right. I'm saying is is the the parameters are in place for him to basically manage the game and do the right things to win that game and not hurt that team by turning the ball over. So. Right. And another problem with what uh, that I've seen happen that Chad's alluding to, right, is that you get people in corporations, the duck that, that quacks the loudest in a corporation gets shot. I'm lucky that I own my own businesses and I fire myself at night and hire myself in the morning, right? Uh, I'm my own worst critic. Because the difference between uh, constructive criticism and uh, uh, insulting someone. People do not know what diversity is, right? It's not just hiring some black guy to be your quarterback. Right. Right. You're in an African American city with an African American uh, mayor. Well, let's get the African American guy to be the quarterback. Right. And I agree with Chad. I don't know why these teams passed on him because he was right. the most NFL ready quarterback. He had the Saban experience. He's going to a team, Belichick, who, who was an extension of the Saban thing because Saban learned under Belichick so you know I, I love San Francisco you complain about it well there, there has to be outside pressures from these coaches to draft the other guys well I mean, why, why else would you I mean there has to be general manager and ownership and certain people on the that. outside that are influencing them to take well, hey, the, the problem is you have uh Carolina's a perfect situation David Tepper is a hedge fund manager, control freak. He should not be, in my opinion, as an MBA. Some people have really a lot of people, a lot of money, help them grow their businesses, right? In my opinion, he should not be the general manager of the team because he hasn't just been involved in football for the last 30 years. He's, he's a n- numbers finance guy. He's a technical analysis guy. He shouldn't be the general manager of the team picking players. Now, a lot of corporate-owned teams, family corporate-owned teams, Chicago is a perfect example, get an equal voice to the marketing and business people in the draft that they do the scouting department and the coach, right? So that's what happens where you're making a decision like that based on things you really don't know anything about. And, and the last point I'll make on this Mac Jones thing, is if you go back and listen to our NFL draft coverage, me, you, and Jim, right. we were shocked that he fell to the Patriots and San Francisco didn't take him. Right. And it's out. And it's panning out right now. What we said the on the Shanahan draft. Shanahan type of guy. Yeah. Yeah. But Trey Lance is, well, the theme of the podcast is the liberal San Francisco type of guy. Great for marketing. He's going to go to Oakland and all the inner city school. You're black. Quarterback, 
whether he can play or not is irrelevant. <laughs> or or the speed of the game because going from FCS to NFL and you know Josh, you know uh, all these FCS guys, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, they're good, right? But it takes him a little while to get the speed of the game. Trey Lance is way behind the curve with the speed of the game, right? So yeah, that's that's the problem. Uh, marketing, business people making decisions versus uh, football coaches making decisions. And there's a difference between something about making money and what's good for the team, right? That's why I heard from an NFL owner's mouth that he preferred not making the playoffs and save money on labor costs. You know, travel costs, right? So if one NFL owner thinks that way, how many others don't think? Or the fresh example this year, Ross at the Jets, directing everybody to not give the players a bye week after London because he didn't want – you're talking about a billionaire not wanting to pay for electricity or nobody being in the building during the season. <laughs> you, you know, even though he's a billionaire, this man is – doing a good business decision is not necessarily good. That's why I made money betting against Miami that, that week. <laughs> no way they were going to win that game and no way they, that was going to go over based on that information. I'll be pissed too. Why is every, I happen to be a one of the teams that are 32 that's refusing to have a bye week because the owner does not want to pay for electricity. A guy who's a multi-billionaire. <laughs> hey, that's why. That's why. Right? You got to look at things that are irrational. Right? Because that's not rational, right? It might be profitable. And it might be rational to some people. We don't care. What we did care about is acting upon the inspiration and building our back row, betting against Miami that way. And I remember Scott was waffling on that, you know, trying to teach you to pick against. It was Atlanta. I was like, no, man, I'm telling you, Atlanta's winning that game. <laughs> and pick Atlanta second half line. All right. Uh, Lions over 43, under 45 against the Steelers. Again, the same thing as Harbaugh. And even with Cleveland, right? Because Cleveland has a chance to win the division. They're not going to show what they do on the road against New England. What they do to mitigate the fact that they don't have legit tackles on that team. Uh, under all the way. Because Detroit is truly trying to tank. They did everything they could not to win that game. And Tomlin being stubborn said, I'm, we're going to play basic vanilla football we used to play at the Citadel Academy when I played at Citadel in the early 1990s. And he just did a militaristic, simple game plan. Neither team was trying to win the game. They're letting the other team lose it. That spells under all the way. Again, the four picks now. So right now where we're at, by acting upon the information that I know, that I'm acting upon it, but not doing it consistently enough, I'm 26 and eight by doing that, all right? 
Bad pick or bad luck? Uh, Lions, Steelers, over 43. Bad luck, I think. Big Ben came down with COVID Saturday COVID. night. So yeah. we, uh, at the time we made the picks, we had no idea um, that was going to happen. Um, but I didn't adjust it at game time because I'm going to go on either. Twitter now, half hour before game time and adjust right. I yes. should have known Mason Rudolph is, is not. But he ran. One thing I liked about Mason Rudolph, yeah. if you make three first downs with your legs, you win 70% of the games. And he was taking off and he looked good. And he was hugging African American guys. Because we all know yeah. he's racist. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> figure out how to get away around that. Yeah, Mason Rudolph was out in Irvine this offseason, too, getting some speed work in. That's why he's, run, oh, yeah. that's why he's running so good. Yep. Oh, so you train with Mason Rudolph. Yeah, yeah, a couple of times. I didn't even know who he was at first. He did, I, I thought he was like a – I didn't know he was a football player. There's like, base, like baseball, you know, rugby, right. some lacrosse guys out there. Right. And then, like, you know, we're just going through the hurdle line. I'm like, oh, what's up, man? I'm Chad. What's up? He's like, he's like oh, I'm Mason. I'm like, oh, what do you play? He's like, oh, football. I'm like, oh, who you He's like, Steelers. I'm like, oh, you're Mason Rudolph, bro. Then I recognize him. I'm like, oh, what's up? And, yeah. uh, and golf got injured during the game. That's the other thing. He could hardly throw the football. Straight oblique. Yeah. So, you know, for me, I, for me, I, I saw the line shift from nine to minus five and a half. So something obviously happened, right? Which was big, big Ben getting COVID. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I was getting these picks in like 15 minutes before the kickoffs and I, I didn't do any research. If, if I would have realized that Ben was out. Oh, no, you did not do the number two rule of betting. <laughs> yeah, I just kept it. not to do is not to know. And the total dropped to 40. So I'm, so I'm like, oh, I got the over. I'm getting two and a half points over That's 40. Wins and you didn't do any um, research. Yeah, but yeah, it, so if I would have reevaluated this one, right. I really think I would have switched to under with proper research with, with knowing, okay, we got the backup here. Lions are tanking. Um, I probably would have switched to the under, but I kind of bet that one blindly and never do that. Well, this is the other thing about diversity. Diversity isn't just getting a black quarterback because you live in a black city with a black ringer. Very important part of diversity that I have to watch myself on this pick is that McGanna, right? She doesn't see the other notes from the therapist. She's rawly coming up with a, an opinion based on what she sees. And again, I know better. Bernard Wolfman, who worked for the NFL owner, that said that comment about labor costs. At 50 years old, my age, independently wealthy, doesn't have to work a day in his time. Financial guru, right? He's a real financial guru. He made his, a, a, a ton of money, has more money than God. And not just works for fun one or two months out of the year. That's what you want business advice from. That's what you want financial advice. And he told me, gosh, now, now 30 years later, I have more insight into what he said, a lot more than what I had then. But he said something very simple. Josh, you see with your eyes, <laughs> you got witness the situation, not confirmed. So when I saw that line, I was confirming my original opinion instead of having an open mind to what's going to be effective in that situation, which is changing my bet, buying myself out of that bet to go under. Yeah, and the, oh, it's still going to go over. Mason Rudolph can play, blah, blah, blah. And the other two things you got to think of in that game is Detroit ran the ball for over 200 yards. 
Pittsburgh never gives up 200 yards on the ground. Never. Because they never the, out of their run defense. And the weather in the in the second half was conducive to running the ball and not throwing the ball around. It was it was misty. It was raining. The wind was picking up a little bit. Right. So the two guys that scored for Detroit were not DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. It was Jamar Jefferson and Igor Buki, who, who, who were third and fourth string running backs. So Jamar Jefferson, baby, Oregon State. Yeah, he's, he's coming on. He's coming on. He's going to be a lot in person, Chad. Say what? You see him in person or train with him? Nah, no, nah, I've never, um, no, nah, I've never met Jamar in person. Maybe we can get him out there this offseason, though, possibly. All right. So look at Detroit and Pittsburgh very closely now because it's kind of. Well, that's the thing about sports betting, right? Yeah. I paid a lot more attention for the game because they had $2,000 riding. And lines covered off a of buy plus 10, right? I, I like to see which podcasts out there were telling you the lines all the way. <laughs> yeah, and, and Dan, Dan Campbell's taking over the play column for the offense now. So that's another thing you got to look at too. Control freak. He's never called plays ever in his life. I know. Not even college ever. And taking over Anthony Lynn. Again, maybe that's good, but that's bad optics. Right. Straight right. to Black City with Black Mayor. Right. White man taking over the Black Man. <laughs> again, again, this is the stupidity of it. That never should have been made public. That should have been, been behind closed doors and nobody needed to know about it. Even in a corporation, never demote an employee and do it public. You demote him, either fire him, be honest and fire the person. If you're going to keep him on, that demotion is private and no, nobody knows. Right? So he's making management errors. And he's not going to make friends. No, I can tell you this right now. No black person. On Detroit is going to go out of their way for Dan Campbell. But he's taking the play calling from a black office player. That's the black guy that didn't like Anthony Lynch. So that's one thing to look for the Lions as they're still winless. Right. And it's a head coach's decision where they go to a field goal and try to go for a touchdown, which is a bad decision that was made last, last week. A bad pick or bad luck. Uh, and what I like about a lot of these, these are, t- uh, these are tight, you know? So, but four games, yeah, you're, we're talking about four games that I missed with information I knew about. Saints over 45. Uh, I've come, this is five bad pick on my part. Because now, this is, now this is high level sports betting here, right? This is the advanced class. Correlation. If the head coach's strategy goes a certain way, then they'll cover and go under. If it doesn't, they're not going to cover and it goes over or vice versa. If this game went the way Sean Payton wants it to do, go. And I noticed it with a play calling for Simeon and then the way he's handling uh, Tyson Hill, games are going to go under. Remember, these guys are defaulting, defaulting to what they know which is build parcels, ground and pound, let other people make mistakes, win the game with the running game. And whether the defense is good or bad, uh, resting the defense through your pay calling and protecting the defense. Because they do suck. You want to limit their time on the field. Uh, still went over 45. 
Still went over 45. And again, for each bad pick, I may and I mitigated with going same second half line because the Titans don't have any backups. The cheap organization. Uh, they moved out of Houston because they're cheap. And they're having trouble see- selling season tickets. All right. So bad pick or bad luck over 45. Uh, Saints. And as a podcast, we got it wrong because we picked the uh, Saints money line. Right? Uh, but I say that's bad luck. If the Saints were in it, we probably should have won. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, actually got this, I actually got this one right because I, I took this one right before kickoff and I got over 43. Oh, okay. And this one hit 44. So before I know, like when we were doing the podcast, I believe we had 44 and a half or 45. Right. Um, but yeah, I got this one last second. The line dropped to 43. Um, I was able to get this one at 43 and I was able to hit this one. So um, that's just uh, getting the best number, man. That one point can make a huge difference. Big time. Big time. Yeah, so number 45 is the market. 45, regardless of oh, there's more scoring, the rules change. That's why, man, if you're a sports better, I highly recommend the TV guys. Don't listen to them at all. And if you need noise, sometimes I put music on. Sometimes I have it on mute and listen to the TV show mm-hmm. when Anna's watching so I can say something about it, right? <laughs> so the TV doesn't go, oh, you're watching so much football. They put biases in your head. They're like, oh, rules change. There's more. There isn't. It's still the average score of the game is 45, right? Uh, use that as a marker. 45 is a marker. And if it goes way below 45, this is 36. I've seen a line as low as 32. That's when you might think the over on a game that usually goes under. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, it was a bad, it was a bad pick. I just think that. You know, I keep saying Tennessee is, is a really good team, and then I, I go against them and underestimate them. So I got to start looking at them a little bit more because Brable is situational. Brable, C2, he's not going to give you your ace game plan on yeah. a non conference game. Right. Brable is a really good coach. He knows how to motivate his team, he knows how to get his team in the right situations and stuff like that. He wants this is the type of game he exactly wants to play low 20s or below while right. Derrick Henry is out. Right. So you gotta you gotta really look at that and look at the opponent. Like he's got Houston coming up this week. He's he could do put the same game plan in and he's gonna succeed. So wait for Houston know, Brown, to make mistakes. Yeah, Brown didn't have a good game. He had one catch. You know, their running game didn't do a heck of a lot. Tannehill did a little bit of and their defense did just enough. So that's that's the type of games that Tennessee wants to play. And you know, bad pick because I think New Orleans came in and Tennessee, coach. Yeah, Tennessee just did what Tennessee does is, and they took control of the game and put their mark on the game. So you got to look at that. So it was a bad pick, bad pick. Same thing Tomlin did. Let's play basic and let the other team beat themselves. Yep. Yep. So identified seven games that were bad judgment, but information that I knew that was under my control, they could have changed. So I could have been, right now, it could be 29 and 7. Right. <laughs> we haven't finished yet. We got three games. We'll go one at a time because we'd be pretty quick. Uh, Seattle. 
uh, Pete Carroll's making excuses back bad better than me. And the excuse was uh, the, the rest. They changed the – they were in the game. I mean, Russell Wilson's interception in the end zone, right, justifies what we're talking about. Because Green Bay really did the same thing. They just waited for the other team to make mistakes, right? And Rodgers played vanilla. And Wilson gave it to him. That was a bad pick in the end zone. Throwing off his bad foot, going across his body, uh, not reading the coverage. He didn't know there was a man underneath. You didn't see him. Ball gets intercepted. He knows better. Fourth, it was the first down. Then after a key speed timeout, after the refs talked to New York, <laughs> they moved the ball back in Lambeau Field. Then again, we go back to marketing. Uh, the people are paying $300,000 for suites with Green Bay. People bet Green Bay blindly. They don't care. We're talking about horse farmers. We're talking about uh, people who own land in Wisconsin who have a billion dollars. A billion dollars to have their own account, their own people, worldwide casino gambling, and they put a million dollars every game on the Packers. So you have to give them a product. <laughs> you got to give them a first down. That's the least you can do. <laughs> and he complained about it. Let me play a little bit of influence. Let me see if you guys can hear this. I'm according to a set of guidelines. The more shapes they categorize correctly, the more money they were paid. When deciding how to best classify a shape but of a political ally on a task, no matter that A, the task was irrelevant to politics, B, the ally was inferior at the task, and C, consequently, they would probably lose money. In general, these findings fit with emerging scholarship indicating that political party adherents base many of their decisions less on ideology than on loyalty. What Chad was saying, definition of, of weakness. Sports. Appreciating fully the natural favoritism that partisans accord their in-groups, organizers of athletic contests have for centuries seen the need for independent evaluators, referees, judges, umpires, and the like, to uphold rules and declare winners in an unbiased manner. But how even-handed can we expect such officials to be? Pete Carroll. After all, if tribalism is human nature, can we reasonably believe they'll be unbiased? Knowing what we know about in-group favoritism, right. we ought to be to skeptical. Plus, there's direct scientific evidence to support the skepticism. In international football, soccer matches, players from a referee's home country obtain a 10% increase in beneficial calls. And the favoritism occurs equally among elite referees and their less experienced counterparts. In Major League Baseball games, whether a pitch is called a strike is influenced by the racial match between the umpire and pitcher. All right, so you guys got it, right? That's why betting on baseball, told Chad, remember that? 
we need to track the umpires because that's how you make money betting on baseball. We don't care about the philosophy or anything. I just know that for the last 13 years, I've factored this in and made a lot of money doing it. And whenever I don't do it, I get burned like I did with Seattle. <laughs> Plus four. Game in Lambeau Field. And Goodell doesn't even hide it, right? What does he call his tribalism? The shield. The shield. Are the referees going to go against the shield? Against marketing? Yes or no? Right? I'm going to, I've made money betting on no. <laughs> right? So, bad pick or bad luck? I say it's bad pick. Because I think now you question your mind a little bit about conspiracy theories. Like, man, I don't want to be Taylor Green and QAnon and light beams from Joe Shores and stuff like that. But the reason I'm paranoid, the reason some other people are paranoid, for a reason. <laughs> you put a lock under your door because most likely somebody is not going to break in, but somebody might. It's possible. People have broken in before. So you got you to, gotta, yes. We live in a chaotic, uncertain world, right? Where a virus, some people say out of a lab, came out and upended our lives. Is that a conspiracy theory? No. It's the crazy crap that happens to everybody in 2020. So crazy things do happen. People make decisions irrationally. And from a scientific standpoint, not just me, but Robert Cialdini, my observations, right? Pete Carroll has unrealistic expectations. Fancy, we all do, right? That referees are going to be biased uh, with the shield, right? Why aren't they going to be biased for their own paycheck? By making Goodell happy, right? What do you guys think? Bad pick or bad luck, Seattle. Bad pick. Look at the That's Sunday eight. morning. Look at the Sunday morning camera um, shots of Green Bay snow. Right. Green yeah. Bay. Green Green Bay game all all the way. Right. And just coming off a finger injury, like yeah. what's the first thing that like if you're healthy when you're in the cold, what's the first thing that you feel? Your hands. You're like, right. oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. You're like, man. So. A finger injury in that type of weather, I think it amplified the injury yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's an ideal game to come back from a finger injury in, in that type of temperature. So, yeah, with that, bad pick. That weather with that injury, you got to go Green Bay all the way. Yeah, yeah, so as well as I did, right, now I'm 30 and 6. With known information that I can act upon. Robert Shadilly's telling me, right? He's telling me what to do. Am I listening to him? Or am I defying saying that I know more than Robert Sheldini, a scientist? He doesn't even like sports. He's looking at it from an unbiased point of view, right? And I can argue with him or disagree with him, but this is about making money. The other part of it is, no. that's why I talk about not believing in Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. Another pick I think is bad pick. Was the Raiders, right? And did that game end up going under? Nah, just over. It was like finished at like fifty-five, so it went over the fifty-two. Yeah, went right. over. So that we're going on nine bad picks. That's a bad pick. And another thing was that the Raiders, right? 
because and again we want to do it like um you know i don't bet oregon state games because chad's brother is on there right so you got to give your mind a break i don't bet usf games and i want to you know want to think that nfl franchises run like a legitimate business some do like the patriots Kansas City runs well. Probably uh, someone like Scott Boris. He said that uh, 17 teams, Major League Baseball, know what they're doing. Probably the same thing for the NFL. And they don't have uh, common practices. They all do their own thing. The Raiders, on many levels, is a dysfunctional franchise. The corporate governance, right? The corporate governance got fired. More than that, I over under the fact that the smart players on the Raiders know this and are factoring in. Dumb ones don't. Your rugs of the world. But your guys that are smart, like a defensive lineman, is very political. Uh, the two longtime 30-year employees of the Raiders were caught stealing money from the franchise. And saying they were doing it in taxes and they're putting it in their own pocket. How these guys are free is what they say. If you're going to commit a crime, make a white collar crime, <laughs> right? Yeah, I would be in jail. I get accused of stuff I don't even know. Office gets raided. You know, we're sorry. Da, da, da. Man, I would be so locked up if I did that. They both got fired. So this is an upheaval. Nepotism, right? This is Mark Davis, not Al Davis, but that was when Al was around. Okay, and there are known mobsters been in jail, gotten out, or part of the ownership group of the Raiders. So there's a question: Were they really stealing the money, or were they just following orders? Al knew about it, and it was all part of scamming the hundred owners that they have. <laughs> we don't know. We just know because I'm looking. Okay, how is it from a sports betting standpoint? The smart guys on the Raiders are like, "Oh, this is an F-tough situation that I didn't know about." And then again, what we saw with Tomlin, all these guys that won Super Bowl. Tomlin let us know, man. He's like, hey, man, we're all, all we're on a different level. Sean Payne, Tomlin, Andy Reid, they all won one Super Bowl. Even Grable's to one extent, right? Multiple Super Bowl winner. They only care about division. Oh, I improved was a Kansas City offense. No, it wasn't. This is the actual real offense now. What you were seeing was a vanilla mirage. Waiting for other people to make mistakes. And guess what? He knows he's in a bad division. He knows he's in first place. Guess where Andy Reid is? In first place. He's going to get what? A home playoff game where the owner doesn't have to pay for travel costs or extra labor costs. I knew that. So that's my ninth bad pick of the week. This is the most weeks where I had known bad picks. That's nine picks I got wrong, even though I had profit. That's why we make this a business where you make compound interest between 52.5%. And if I would have been correct up to this point, you got one more game to go, I would have been 32 and four. <laughs> it seemed like an easy week, but I have to really, that's why, that's why it's invaluable. That's why this is a business meeting. We're making money right now. Checking your thinking, right? And, and really crucifying yourself, torturing yourself. 
being hard on yourself so others in the world isn't <laughs> or at least didn't have a chance to what do you think scott and chad well, i say bad pick i put too much stock in raiders big game um you know, uh, taking control of the division. The Raiders haven't played many big games in the last two or three years. The Chiefs have. And that that accounts for something, in my mind. That really accounts for something. Andy Reid, um, a really good coach, obviously. Super Bowl winning coach. Um, those players, really good players. Kelsey Hill, uh, Darrell Williams, Mahomes. Got some, some good defensive players. Um, they're starting to play well on both sides of the ball now, so I wonder if the Kansas City offense is going to start showing what they showed Sunday night. It's right. a possibility. Granted, they're not going to be the Chiefs of the last two years, but they, they can be dangerous, right. and they were against the Raiders. Once the Raiders got down by two by a touchdown, two touchdowns, it, it just seemed like we don't have this game one. Watch the body language on the field. They they just they gave up in the, in the late third well, quarter. Well, the thing, too, with the car. And it was Olsen, actually, uh, the defensive coordinator for Alabama. He said he admitted, and good that he admitted for this, but now they want to fire him. He admitted that the second half against Florida in the SEC championship game, he froze. He's like, if I'm freezing, what about the guys on the field? Because Florida came out in a whole new different offense they hadn't done all year. Right. So when the Chiefs came out in a whole different defense, Gruden's ready for it. Gruden will be, you know, strong will, da da da. He knows how to run it, right? Because he knows the, the basics of management. When that happened to the Raiders offense, Carr does not have emotional control. That's why he doesn't have playoff wins. I don't know what Olsen did, but I actually had direct evidence of what I saw from Carr and what Brent Musburger, who does that on every game, <laughs> was saying. In Brent. Brent Musburger hates their car. And a lot of people have been waiting for Derek Carr to be replaced. And then Brent Musburger doesn't have emotional control. On the broadcast, he says, where's damn uh, Mariota? Why isn't he in there? Why don't I have a package for him? And he usually will say something strong will, but he doesn't say dang. So you know he has some money on the Raiders. <laughs> so he's like, where's Dan? Mark and Mariota. Where are you going to be in there? <laughs> and, and like, keep, you got money on this game. <laughs> and keep in mind before Chad goes, the Raiders have gotten off the hot starts before the last few years yep. and started to struggle. Right. And it looks like another hot yep. start, starting to struggle type of type of season for them. So well, the other part of it is, right? Which I think the Chargers are going to be on the same kind of wavelengths as the Raiders. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Two, 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 uh, one is the Greek mafia, and the other one's the, the traditional Italian mafia. The company owners don't want to pay for players. The other part of it is that smart no, uh, players know, right? Businessmen, salesmen think short term. Businessmen and women think long term. The general manager is an idiot. He's a yes man. And direct evidence I have you can use in court is the last. Two number one picks are criminals. One's in jail. The other one should be in jail. And you spend a number one pick on these people. And they're not on the team. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I, I just think I think we overvalued Oakland, man. Since the Rugs incident, look, they lost to the Giants last week. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, why? See why? with your eyes. What Bernard Whitman said, see what your eyes. They lost to see the with Giants. our damn eyes. Like, see why did 
none of us that didn't play a big enough factor in our minds. That's a terrible loss, which li- <laughs> which lingered into this week. You saw 11, 11 losses. That's, um, that's me being 33 and three. I've got and, a 90 percent. And then return now, to the mean. Why? Return to the mean for the Chiefs. Um, they're showing right. new defense, new offense. It's not even the Chiefs. It's a new, brand new Chiefs yeah, team. Exactly. So it's a brand new team. And they open up the offense and uh, taking advantage of that that same route and going for so, a touchdown. So, so seeing seeing that, um, I think the Chiefs, yeah, I mean, big, like Scott said, big game, first place in the division. Um, it was just – this is kind of set up for the Chiefs to get back in first place, back in the driver's seat. Um you know, I just – so, yeah, I definitely think that just everything that played into this game, we, we definitely missed that one with the Chiefs. But, hey, guys, I got to hop off. You guys finished right. the last couple without me. I'll uh... – Yeah, it's just the Rams. It's just the uh, the Rams. And we'll talk about it tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Okay. Right. So, last pick is the Rams. Uh, I sort of I, – I monetized it. So, technically, yeah, right. I got 49ers plus 4 and the 49. But – to hedge my bets, I put the Rams money line since they were getting points, and I didn't even didn't even should have done that. So that's really well losses I could have avoided. I could have been thirty four and two. That's crazy. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's why I mean, this is so important. Yeah, and the. The Rams' tendency are the same as the Chargers' tendencies, where the Chargers go up against a good defensive team, they're going to struggle, which they did this week against Minnesota, no matter what the personnel are. If the Rams go up against a team that can run the ball and are tough, right, hard-nosed, they're going to struggle. And the last two weeks, Tennessee and San Francisco have run the ball down their throats and have played tough, tough defense. And they've struggled. So now you got to look at that. You got to look at teams as a better. Are they tough? Can they run the ball with success? Can they put the Rams on the heels? And Stafford didn't help out. He threw two interceptions in the first quarter of last week's game against Tennessee. And this week he did the same exact thing. So, you know, they're on a bye this week. Stafford's inconsistency and he can't even get the ball down the field consistently. And that's, that's a problem too. I mean, he's throwing these eight to 12 yard passes to Cooper cup and, you know, Robert Woods is done for the season. So that affected them a lot. And Beckham didn't look great last night. He looked okay, but he didn't look great. So what are they going to get from him now? I mean, that their offense is just in a problem. And as I said before the pod, there's the top five or six teams in the NFC. The Rams look like the team that are just going to fall off. They're just going to fall off in the second half of the year. So, but it, it, it was a bad pick. Should the Tennessee um, indicator, you know, right. with the Rams should have, should have known that this was coming again. Right. So. And who's good at those mid season adjustments. Guess right. what? Andy Reid's good at it. He's in first place. Yep. Guess what? Bill Belichick's good at it. Yep. He's almost in triple. He shouldn't be. Yep. Great coaching job. But he's almost in first place. Right. Over McDermott and their team in, you know, Brian Debo. Yep. Yep. So the yeah. tendencies, the tendencies are, are 
clearly starting to show in the NFL now with the Rams, with the Chargers, with the Patriots. I mean, the, as we've talked about in this podcast, the tendencies are starting to show with the Patriots and the Rams, especially. I mean, we haven't hit on the other one, but the Patriots and the Rams, you got to look People at them. are very changing their tendencies. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yep. Pete Carroll, Belichick, Reed, and I'm sure Bravo, Tomlin, all yep. those guys have a plan in place that they ignored their families for, that they wrote up during the summer to change their tendencies in the middle of the season. Exactly. So exactly. you're like Pete Golden. You freeze up because you don't know what offense or defense they're running. It's brand new. They haven't run it before. Right. It makes for good coaching staff. If you can, if you can adjust, like Belichick is, is the, is a really good coach because he looks at each team separately. He right. doesn't put the same game plan and he says, okay, Cleveland can run the ball. Let's take the run away and let's make Baker Mayfield beat us. Right. Couldn't do it. You know, he's done it in the past with, with a team like the, the Rams. What did he take away from them? Or the Chargers, right. what did he take away? The receiving core. He made them run the ball and they couldn't beat him. So, you know, that's you got to look at those, those coaches. 100%. This is why this is so important. You got to check your thinking. Yep. Right? Uh, we did phenomenal, but we can do so much better. Absolutely. No question. That's why 90% is possible. We just went through it right there. I was shocked. I was like, man, you have a barrier, but you have to, what you can control, what's under your control, that you can actually do something about. Yeah. No question. No question. I mean, that's why this podcast is information. It's just on a whole other level than content. You can get it. You can't get this kind of content. And then the freedom we have. To be honest, because we know it's, it's helping us. <laughs> yeah, oh, we know no a lot of people can't do that. No question. They all can't do that. People like that can't check their thinking and admit to making a mistake. So we yep. leverage yep. that. Give us an edge. All right. Final thoughts, Scott. Let's go to more big podcast. Man, I got to learn from my mistakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's a quick turnaround. These weeks are going by fast. So, um, you know this this podcast is great. But listen to the podcast when it comes to us talking, breaking down games, because Why? it's only going to help you. We, you know, we, we're on a roll right now. We're su- we've been successful every we're week. We're not satisfied with that. We're noticing no, where we can need to go 20% if we're not learning from our mistakes. Until we get in the 70s consistently, that's when the satisfaction starts hitting. Until then, we got to keep working, got to keep grinding on, on the research. So Yeah, even then we know that it's possible to get a 90%. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, as you've attested a couple of times. So. God. <laughs> I know, because I'm like, man, get it through your thick skull. I got to repeat it to myself. Yeah. Those are known things you never in business, as mentioned, VA, security, license, whatever. I did a little late mistake. You never leave money on the table. Right. Exactly. All right. So we always close with Winston Churchill. It's not philanthropy or religion. Or being too nice of a guy because you, you make money, it's a business decision, right? You always get more from giving than you do trying to get 24-7. So you make Winston Churchill say, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life for what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESVC Sports Betting Podcast. It's for making ourselves and your money.